Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Real Rant, the place where we like to rant about the real stuff. My name is Brendan McGee, and sitting across from me, as always, is the illustrious sexy boy. Who are you, dude? Corey McSusan Sarandon. I dig it. <laughs> Can you dig it? Dude, I can dig it so good. That's good. Yeah, and I think Ranger can too. The great protector of the podcast yes. of The Real Rant. And that's the most important part. The Real Rant, a great protector, is a pantom currently. Mm. So if you can hear a little bit of that in the background, uh, just, you know, ignore it like we're trying to ignore him right now because he really wants some food. Mm. But nonetheless, on with the show. I'm feeling a bit fresh today, Corey. Oh, is that because you just showered? Oh, it might be, Corey. Mm-hmm. But uh, aside from that, um, what what else might be making me feel a little bit funky fresh? Well, we're all uh, we're we're redesigned, we're retooled. We got mm-hmm. some new equipment, new equipment. Uh, so hopefully, a nice new crisp sound for the new year. Absolutely, uh, and all our following new episodes. Uh huh. Absolutely, and uh, you know. With our new kind of revamp with the show, you and I kind of talked about last episode that we kind of wanted to do a, you know, one-on-one personal uh, thing, because we haven't done that in a while. That's correct. Not since our first episode. Yeah, since uh, Lord of the Rings, Mm -hmm. our Fellowship of the Ring episode. Ah, yes. Not the greatest episode we've ever done. (laughs) No, no, definitely not. But it is an episode nonetheless, and we had to post it because, hey... You got to start somewhere, right? That's right. Yeah. So if you're new to the show, uh, usually the way the show works is we have a guest. Um, but like we said, yeah, we don't have one this week. Our guests are kind of meant to be a part of the show to mm-hmm. kind of add a level of perspective. And that's kind of what our show is all about, is about talking about um, perspectives on film. Sure. So a guest will come on the show, they'll pick a film, and then we talk about it. I feel like everybody loves film or on the sh- streets they're calling it movies these days. Oh, yeah. I feel like, you know, if everyone loves or, you know, a select few of people like movies, I feel like that select few should just have the same amount of right to come in and talk about it to their own, you know, degree or fancy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So um, that's kind of what our podcast is about. Just, just kind of open up the airwaves to your earlobes and let other people kind of talk to you about what they think about film. And hey, you know what? Maybe someday you might be one of those people as long as you're not creepy when you contact us. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a big no-no. How how you feeling, Corey? I'm feeling great. Yeah. All right. Can we move into the next segment? I guess so. Okay. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Great. That was good. Wow. We just uh, get better every time. That was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so housekeeping is the part of the podcast where we basically talk about things going on with the podcast, the ins and the outs and the what's going on Z's, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? I would say actually, yeah. First order of business on the docket next week mm-hmm. on our podcast will be a special episode. Um, but it unfortunately will be a short one, just given our schedules um, and how things are kind of, you know, going about in our uh, lives outside of the, uh, you know, podcast mm-hmm. world. You know, things happen. Life happens. Yeah. So um, so next week will be a shorter one, but we will have an extra special guest. Mm-hmm. Somebody is coming into town, and that is my... Who? Corey? It's your big brother, Ben. It's my big brother, Ben. He's coming into town, and um, why did I say it like that? I don't know. Because <laughs> it's true? I really have I, I have my own shtick. Why am I trying to copy you? I don't know. <laughs> it's fine, though. <laughs> it's weird. It, no, uh, what is it? Um, impersonation is like the highest form of flattery, so oh. thank you. All right. No problem, dude. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, next week episode uh, is going to be with my older brother. Um, mm-hmm. We've had the younger brother on, the, so if you want to, you can go back and listen to that one. That one is the Hateful Eight episode. Mm-hmm. Big fans of that one. Uh, Jesse, who is my younger brother, that is his favorite film. And next week's episode will be my other brother's favorite film, Snatch by Guy Ritchie. Do you like Degs? Do you like Degs? I li- you know Degs? Do you like them? Oh, dog. Oh, you mean dog. Yeah, Degs. That's what I said. And scene. Cut. With our new sound comes new responsibilities, Corey. Also, so this is the next thing on the docket. Okay. Hopefully that's, uh, is that, is that clear enough for you? Yeah. Okay. So with our new sound, yeah, uh-huh. comes new responsibilities. Um, Well, not really new responsibilities. Well, I guess new responsibilities sure. to some degree. As we kind of said a couple weeks back, uh, I think it was on our Hateful Eight episode, we kind of kept it a little bit hush-hush on the show because we weren't sure how it was going to go about and how we were going to kind of do it yet. Or even if the person or persons were really interested in doing it, they were just kind of being kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out the person is quite nice. Very nice, yes. Very nice person. Um, and this person we are speaking of is Nick Hodges from History Buffs. Yeah. Fine, fine gentleman. Um, we spoke with him today, mm-hmm. and we had a real good sit-down. We kind of had talk about, you know, possibly putting a show together, um, like a collaboration. Yep. Um, so hopefully we'll be tuning in for that in the next uh, next month or so. Yeah, there's say. there's no real kind of exact date. Yeah, uh, and there's no real rush, too, because no. I think, you know, we've... We've gotten in contact with him, so you know how it's going. But yeah. basically, I should I should lay out his show. So essentially, his show works as such. Um, he's a creator on YouTube, mm-hmm. and he looks at film uh, from a, like a historical perspective, and it's quite unique. and And I've been following him for about a year and a half now, or about a year. I, I can't really remember. Um, great dude, amazing guy. He knows what he's talking about. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. And he's really he's got good videos out there, but uh, essentially reached out to him before the holidays. I was sitting down in the living room, and I was watching his newest video before the end of the year, uh, where he looked at Tombstone. Uh, I can't remember what year it is. Tombstone starring um, Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from back I think in the nineties. I feel like it was like ninety eight. Yeah, it was. It Maybe? was. It was it was a while ago, but it yeah. was, but nonetheless, it was a great great film. But I finally just was kind of like I don't I don't know what kind of came over me. Um, I just was like sitting on the couch and I just was like, I'm gonna tweet the guy and see what happens. And uh, you know we've got a we've got a format now. We can kind of you know, or we've got not a format but a platform now where we can kind of reach out and kind of represent ourselves in the creative market. And uh, you know, I sent him a message on Twitter and I said, Hey man, love your perspective on film. Just looking to see if you know, one time you might be interested in coming on our show. Give us a shout if you are. Wasn't expecting anything from it. Um, but the guy messaged me back like 10 minutes later. And, yeah. you know, again, like his kindness came very much in the way of his response and our interaction today when we talked. Mm-hmm. He's just another guy looking to create stuff with other people and do it for himself and see how and, and yeah i don't know but I, I i'll put in the show notes uh links to his channel and other things like that uh, uh like his facebook page um very nice guy uh mm-hmm. check out his stuff he's got some amazing amazing oh, works they're great videos i mean you were out a little bit today kind yeah. of doing errands and stuff and i was just sitting on the couch watching his videos and thoroughly entertained it was weird yeah because i left for about i left for about an hour and a half two hours yeah uh, to go downtown and pick up some stuff, and then I on my when I came back, you were in the same spot. Yep, next I hadn't to the, moved at all. Uh, watching his videos. Yep. Um. So if that doesn't say anything, hey, I don't know what else will. But 
Yeah. Next thing on the docket. Oh, Corey, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been keeping this from you for the last couple of days, but it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Okay. <laughs> um, so we have an Instagram account, and uh, Corey's face is just, he looks so curious right now of what I'm going to talk <laughs> about. Why don't I ask first what you think I'm going to start talking about with our Instagram account? I literally have no idea. Could you try and maybe think about something? Um, off the top of my head, maybe... I, I just don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Really? You have no idea? No. Okay. Should I know? Is this I mean, like... no, but it's kind of... I mean, you could kind of maybe put the pieces together. There isn't like a couple of things that I would really be announcing from an Instagram account. There could be either likes or someone following us. Okay, so someone followed us. But even someone following you on Instagram or Twitter, it doesn't mean really anything because they could have either, one, accidentally slipped their finger and pressed the button by accident like they do on Twitter. Mm. Uh, because I've had that happen before. I've had a celebrity follow me and then immediately unfollow me. And mm. I was just kind of like, oh, that sucks. Or it could just be somebody liked our video. So which one of those two? I'm going to say that uh, some random celebrity has followed us. No. Damn it. It's the ladder. Is it the ladder? Or the ladder, it... yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know if you remember, Corey. Do you remember the naked guy from uh, the Hateful Eight movie with Samuel L. Jackson doing some things out in the snow? I, I recall. Okay. So, <laughs> so I was on... I woke up the other morning and uh, to kind of... Because I'll post a video or a picture from behind the scenes of our productions each week um, to kind of give people updates into the show and kind of like give goofy, wacky pictures of us and what's going on in our lives and things like that. Um, Just to keep people kind of in the loop. And I think people respond to pictures better than a couple of like messages on Twitter. I think. Sure. I don't know. But uh, so I woke up in the morning and I kind of like was like, all right, well, you know, checking, you know, who liked our pages and stuff like that. And uh for some reason, I don't know what compelled me, but I clicked on a person that was that had liked our page or had liked like a group of uh, images that we had posted. Okay, uh, revolving the hateful eight, and I was kind of like, "All right, well." At first, it was just the one that I saw, and then it was a couple more below, mm-hmm. as you kind of see in the notifications bin when you click on it in Instagram. And so I clicked on his name and and I opened up his page, and I was kind of like, well, "This guy's a little bit familiar," and then I'm going through. And it's the naked guy from <laughs> the naked guy. I don't know his name. I'm going to look him up real quick. Um, I think that's just his name. I think he's just the naked I think, guy. I, I forgot his name. Hold on. Just give me a second. Um, so the gentleman's name who liked us on Instagram and mm. our posts about the hateful eight, because I had posted three posts because it was our Christmas episode. And I was kind of trying to get people jazzed into the new Christmassy vibe. And, um, you know, the hateful eight was released on Christmas a couple of years ago. Uh, but the gentleman's name, the naked man from the Hateful Eight, uh-huh. uh, Quentin Tarantino's most recent film. Mm-hmm. His name is Craig Stark. Craig Stark. Yeah. Any relation to Tony? No, but I wouldn't be surprised because Tony Stark's not a real person. But mm. hey, wishful thinking. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. But so there's some news for you, Corey. Cool. It's a That's long, interesting. it's a long story, but uh, I, I was trying to make it a little bit dramatic so I can kind of get more of a reaction out of you. I didn't get very much. Well, you know, it's Craig Starch or whatever. <laughs> His name's Stark. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. He doesn't... Thank uh, you for liking our picture. Yeah. He, he's a pretty good-looking dude, man. Yeah? What else has he been in? Uh, He's been in Django Unchained. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he plays a pedestrian character and also a character with an actual name, and I can't I can't really quote him. Um, And I feel really... If he ever listens to this, I'd be very sad uh, because we're not doing him justice, but his name is Craig Stark, so you Craig can look Stark. him up. You can look him up on a uh, on IMDb. He's um he's got a portfolio behind him for sure, and cool. he's 
he looks like kind of a cowboy guy yeah you know but uh yeah so there we go that's a little cool well that's interesting yeah <laughs> that's interesting thanks Corey. you're welcome i was like hiding that from you all week i was like i was like didn't want to tell you and i was just gonna wait to you know give you the lowdown on spring it on me yeah so so i think that's it for this week on housekeeping mm-hmm. do you want to do you want to end it with like the same sort of pitchy sound or do you just leave it no, we can just leave it. Okay. All right, so let's move into our next segment called What You Watching, Boy. Um, this is a part of the podcast where we go around the room, but really just back and forth because mm-hmm. uh, there's only two of us this week. That's right. <laughs> there's not much of a room to go around. Yeah. Well, we, we're we in a big room right now. That's true. Yeah. Um, the Bat Cave, one might say. Yes. It is a Bat Cave. Literally, it is littered mm. with Batman memorabilia all over the place. So much Batman. Multiple TVs in here. Almost too many. Uh, exactly too many. No, just one many. Just one many. Yeah. <laughs> we have two, but there's two too many. There's one too many. One too many. That's correct. <laughs> okay, perfect. So, I mean, we're going to change it up a little bit here because I think there is something we both want to talk about. Uh, yes. Because we watched it together. So this is going to be a little bit different if you're used to kind of our normal vibe with the show where we kind of just talk about... um we, we go around the room and actually mention things that we're watching, kind of give a little bit of gist behind it and what's going on uh, with how we like it and things like that and recommendations and stuff like that, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, we actually want to specifically talk about a singular show that we had watched from beginning to end since kind of the – we'd been mentioning it here and on, on and off again uh, since the beginning of our show, uh, since we started back in October. Um, I, I just don't remember the first episode we mentioned it. Yeah, I can't recall, but it was, it was a few episodes in. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we're finished it now. Mm-hmm. And that is the Netflix series Godless. Um, so I guess we can kind of start it off with a couple of things. Uh, Corey, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of wanted to make this into a separate episode, but I think time, enough time has kind of passed now where I think that I, I think we can sum things up a lot more simpler now. Yeah, I think so. Um, so I've written a couple of notes here. Okay. Um, so it's a little bit of a mini discussion, sure. um, as opposed to our main topic of the week, which mm-hmm, we'll mm-hmm. get to soon. So there are a couple of things that I want to kind of talk about, and I'm going to start with, um, the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you actually, before I, we kind of get into it, do you want to give a little bit of a synopsis about the show a little bit? Um, if people haven't heard of it, I, I, I kind of want to go no spoilers just to make it simpler. Uh, for yeah. everyone, and if if people haven't seen the show, they can kind of go ahead and watch themselves based on what we've said. For sure. Uh, you know, but go ahead, Corey. So, yeah, it is a Western. So it kind of revolves around a few different little storylines, uh, one of which being Roy Good, who is a gentleman who just left a uh, gang. Yeah. Uh, the gang being led by, um, what's his name? Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels, that's yeah. the one. He's kind of known as, like... He's like a little bit of a he's a preacher to some extent. Yeah, he's he's kind of half half gangster, half preacher. Yeah. Uh, a very scary man. Yeah. And great 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 performance by him. I should just come out and say, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess you don't we'll, feel the same way. We'll get into it. Yeah. Um and then the other one kind of being there's a little town called LaBelle. And it was a mining town. Mm-hmm. And then some while back, all, uh, not all, but most of the men went down into the mine. Yeah. We're, we won't say what happens, but... No. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's told in the first episode. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. It's not a spoiler. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they go into the mine and uh, things ensue. Yes. Uh, and then the, I guess, what? And the town is kind of just left with only... Women. Women, yeah. yeah. So it's it's a town full of women. Um. 
and people are trying to come in and take mining rights, and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, uh, I wanted to kind of preface and kind of start the this kind of discussion, or little mini discussion on this show uh, about kind of the new 21st century take on the Western mm-hmm. that I think is a terrific uh, triumph to try and revamp this uh, age-old, um, quite sexist and racist uh, mm-hmm. and misogynistic, uh, like, I guess, like... Um, kind of story structure. Story structure. Yeah. I'm not saying that that, like, needs to change because, like... The old Western, everyone will understand that things have context. So if you kind of sure. film from that kind of background, but I think that, I think that this sort of uh, new kind of look at the Western kind of uh, revitalizes it to almost like a neo, like you know how there's like neo noir films mm-hmm. uh, that comes from like noir. Yep. Uh, this is kind of like a neo Western almost. So I, I don't know if that kind of term will even catch on, or some people will make sense to them, but it, it's kind of like a new Western. Mm-hmm. Um, that fits in with the times a little bit better. Well, actually, a lot better. But uh, and a lot of it has to do with the focus on female protagonists in the show, who are all phenomenal. I'll you know point that out. And one of them is played by Michelle Dockery, and the other is played by Merritt Weaver, or Waver. I can't pronounce her name properly. I, that might be wrong. Um, but Michelle is actually was uh, playing a character in The Walking Dead for a couple of seasons. I'm not too sure she was a character in Alexandria. Um, Corey, you've never seen that show, so. But well, if people, I've seen that show, just not that far. Um, well, if if people, uh, you know, have watched that show, they mm-hmm. can you know see a, a face that they might recognize in the in this show. But yeah, no, the focus is quite interesting, and it's a great fresh new take mm-hmm. on the western. Uh, and I think that it's a good move. Um, however, there I feel like were quite a few missed opportunities with that new kind of change of style with the new uh you know show focusing on a women women centric uh protagonist mm-hmm. i feel like there were a lot of times where they were still overly focused on male protagonists it's because when you open up a uh, a new idea for this western where you're trying to propose that you know you want to kind of make it into a more um uh, f- uh yeah like female protagonist you know focus mm-hmm. but yet you don't kind of like take a whole lot more than that it's almost yeah you don't really give the the female characters much to do other than without a few exceptions yeah there are uh maybe two maybe three female characters who actually have a lot to do and contribute a lot to the story i would say there's missed chances however with this you know this focus on female protagonists Mm -hmm. um because i feel like they still had a revolving nature of their character being somewhat associated with their relationships with men um and i know that that's kind of a it, i i don't think that like that's the right way to go about it because you know like the men in this show they have they have like a like a kind of a background outside of the relationships that they have with mm-hmm. other people and things like that sure and they've got to struggle and things like that but um i don't know i mean i'm not saying that that's the I'm not saying that that is my main issue with the show whatsoever. If that, if anything, that's just my main kind of like when we're talking about this new 21st century, new neo like Western vibe that's going on with the show, I would say that that would be my only gripe is the fact that they didn't really give much more to these female protagonists who I actually, I actually found more interesting than the male protagonists, which is mostly, um, which are mostly, um, 
Well, then again, I mean, when I think about it, there isn't a whole lot of focus on a lot of the male characters, too. Yeah, and that's that's that kind of brings me into my main gripe of the show. I mean, there's they... just generally not a lot of focus. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, I guess that's a good point because I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I guess I just didn't even think about that. But yeah, there mm-hmm. isn't really. I mean, I, I think there's an overarching story that is yeah. meant to drive the plot. Sure. However, I think that like they introduce all these characters and all these kind of forward-thinking uh, nuances and like you know progressive uh, points of view on the Western, mm-hmm. but they kind of just fall flat because yeah. they don't, again, like, they don't have a focus. That's right, yeah. But it is good ideas, though. Like, they're good ideas. That's it's the just, thing. There's... You have to execute. Yeah, and there's there's definitely some scenes in here and some ideas that are, I think, are really cool and interesting. Uh, but it's, like, overall, it's just bloated with, with kind of unnecessary uh, plot lines at points and scenes that just drag on and stuff. Well, we should preface though that that the reason why those the show was actually continually good and we kept coming back to watch it, even though there was a lot of these unnecessary plot lines, had a lot to do with the actual actors that were oh, playing for sure. these characters. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, more, I was like, okay, well, where is this going? What's happening here? But then I was like, oh, okay, well, this character is you know worth my time, so therefore I want to see it through. Uh, I've I've heard other people say they've really enjoyed the show. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we had Zach. Zach is a friend of the podcast, too. He's been on a couple of times, and yeah. he was talking about how he completely disagreed with us. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So whatever tickles your fancy, really. Yeah, really. You know, to each their own. Indeed. Yeah. So, Corey, you had kind of mentioned in, in earlier episodes about kind of how you felt the show was kind of created. And yeah. I don't know if you want to speak to that to help but- us kind of figure out what what the issue of focus might be in this show. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at at the beginning of the show, you kind of get an idea of what is going to happen at the end. And as I was as we were watching the show throughout the weeks, I was kind of thinking to myself, it, it really seems like they have a final event in mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. And they're just kind of backtracking and doing whatever works in order to get to that final uh confrontation. And the way they chose to do it, I don't think really kept me engaged. Yeah. Because it was what? It was seven episodes? It was seven, seven episodes long, but the episode length actually varied quite a bit. Yeah, um, which was quite weird. Yeah, the last two episodes were 40 minutes long. Or sorry, episode five and episode six were 40 minutes long apiece. Mm-hmm. And then the last episode was like an hour and 20. Yeah. Uh, so like a full length movie, pretty much. Yeah. 80 minutes. I think they could have done this whole show in four episodes. Oh, for sure. And they would have probably had an opportunity to potentially open up new aspects to... I mean, I know this show was kind of signed on to be a miniseries, mm-hmm. but like any show, you could honestly just open it up to the possible prospect of it turning into some, you know, other... Something some, something else. Sure. Or maybe another story in the same world. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, it could have been done in like four episodes. Oh, the whole sure. thing. There is a bit of that. Uh, it's more about the journey than it is about the you know the actual like it's it's more about how you get there rather than the ending yeah. kind of sort of vibe going on. Sure. And I've heard people say that quite a bit about not not about this particularly, but there's a lot of films like Western films like The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly that have that that vibe as well. Mm-hmm. Like that film is way too long. Yeah. But it's still known to be one of the most classic Western pieces of cinema out there. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge particular fan, but it's still labeled as a as a classic. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
I've got no control over that. Yeah. Other than to say my own piece. But <laughs> yeah. So usually, I guess to kind of end with this whole kind of, uh, you know, because you were talking about how um, the show kind of has this ending. Mm-hmm. Um, most westerns, I would say, have this final kind of like ending in mind um, mm-hmm. of where it's going to kind of end up going. So I guess we're going to just keep on sticking with the good, the mad, the ugly. Um, where we know at some point that these men are just going to get together and it's going something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing with this show. We know at some point at the end uh, there's going to be a climactic piece, and we get that from the first episode right off the bat. Yeah. Um, and instead, with this show, we get usually we can get that oh my gosh like finally we're here at the ending like mm-hmm. this is going to be awesome and things are going to pay off and things, and i mean granted not all shows pay off and all no. things pay off um but many series is they kind of have that they're like a novella they wrap it up like a nice little bow mm-hmm. um, but sometimes they don't but you know to each their own um so we get to the ending of this show and rather than saying finally we're saying finally from more of a perspective of like like i mean at least you and i were seeing finally like oh my goodness like thank you we don't have to endure this anymore (laughs) exactly we don't have to listen to people just banter on about something that's not actually applicable yeah to the you know event so that's the thing is like when you over when you over explain the finaling uh the the final climactic showdown Mm -hmm. too many times throughout a show i feel like you're just taking away from what's actually happening in the moments leading up to it yeah. And I think that might be the issue for me fundamentally with this show and its format um, and how they've kind of gone about this. Because I think you are absolutely correct in the idea of they probably sat down in the writer room and they were like, all right, look, boys and girls, like we've got this great event and it's going to be awesome. And all yeah. these women are going to shoot up all these bad guys and it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and you know, or it might not or what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like there's a level of mystery. <laughs> there's a level of mystery there, but, you know, you're still kind of. You don't know what's going to happen at the end. Um, and I think I think to finish just with the review, because I, mm-hmm. I don't think there's much more that we can kind of say, or not no. a review, but the discussion. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless you have any final points at the end. But I think the... I think because of all these formatting issues and the, and the, the, the unfocused nature of the whole show, um, what brought us back for this show was the characters, I feel. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to agree on that. or Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, there were there was quite a few good characters that I really enjoyed watching, and yeah. some really good character moments in between them. Uh, but it just wasn't enough to carry the whole show. Yeah, There's some good acting as well. I hoped that the writing was going to do it justice at some point, and we were going to you know pay off to some degree. And yeah. and unfortunately, it didn't. And that kind of sucks because um, I really like these characters, and mm-hmm. I'm sad to kind of see them go. And it is like it, it's almost like someone was like, "Here, man, like." Here's some pretty badass, you know, characters like we've got, you know, the lady in the town. We've mm-hmm. got we've got, you know, the the blind, uh, the blind sheriff, mm-hmm. uh, the young gunslinger, the, the young gunslinger, the, you know. And these are like tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a I had a listener actually kind of message us actually what a trope means. So I guess we can kind of say what a trope is. OK, so a trope is kind of like I, I guess I should preface, but a trope is essentially where. Um, it's like a mix of characterization and, um, what would you say, stereotype? Sure. Kind of like the classic one is kind of the, the, the soon-to-be-retired cop. Yeah, or, kind of and he's got to get pulled back in. Yeah. Yeah, or the, uh, 
the every time they need a doctor, there's always a vet. Yeah. 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 So like those are kind of and those tropes kind of fit in with those, you know, specific genres. So and for this case, you know, there's so many tropes in this uh, show that get kind of turned on their head a little bit. So Mm -hmm. like you get the sheriff and he's like he's got this past and he's grungy and he's old and he's got, you know, something to fight for. But he's going blind. Mm -hmm. Or there's this strong-hearted woman in the town who takes no shit, um, but she's also, you know, has a different, you know, way of looking at things that Mm -hmm. I don't really want to spoil. So, or we've got the young gun, the young gunslinger, you know, and and this and that. And again, I don't want to spoil anything. But doesn't turn out the way you think it will. Yeah, exactly. So it's just kind of like they really hone in all these tropes and things like that. But I, I just feel like because it's a miniseries. They just got over indulged with this ending and it ended up ruining it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, I don't know, please, if you want to email into us and let us know what you think about it, because it would be great to hear about what you thought about it. And if you disagree with us, all the better, because that's what this show is about is, is to hear everyone's perspective. And who knows, maybe we'll read your email. Whoa. We we never know. But wouldn't that be a treat? Yeah be really treat um but i think uh i think we're gonna move on from that Corey. okay unless you have anything more to say or no it was mostly just me talking that's fine <laughs> Corey's got a bit of a cold so he's kind of <clears throat> yeah <clears throat> you've got a nice stash going on recently yeah it's uh it's it's starting to come in a little bit yeah i i've been very wary about trying to grow facial hair throughout my whole life what did i say to you Corey? you're just like uh just grow it out just try it. give it a go that's what i did and that's and i found it well <laughs> we talked about this a couple of weeks back but the fact that like your beard kind of grows you know grows at different lengths so you never know and what you've got right now is almost like uh i don't know the actor's name but the guy who played robin hood uh, oh carrie ewell's the original no the original oh. the uh, robin hood king of thieves or oh kevin costner no christian no, no. slater no <laughs> <laughs> no uh macaulay culkin what no morgan freeman you're th- now you're just naming people you're just naming people from robin hood movies yes uh dave Chappelle. no the adventures of robin hood it was made in 1938 it's a classic and it's got errol finn Errol Flynn. No, Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn. Yeah, you've got like this Errol Flynn vibe going on, or uh, okay. what's his name? Okay. Uh, cross between Errol Flynn and... Carrie Yules. What? Samuel no. L. Jackson. Carrie Yules. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See? <laughs> That's from... I, yeah. I, I Robin, no, Robin Hood Men in Tights. I thought you were just naming people. No, no. But this is all movie con- conversation. I made it relevant. Did you see what I just did there? Wow. Yeah, I, made, I associated with film actors and things like that. But moving on, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to hear a little bit more from Corey here, because oh, I uh, a couple of weeks back, I gave Corey this part of the show, because I felt, hey, Brendan, you're talking way too much. <laughs> no. Um, I just felt like, hey, I think I think this would be kind of a cool topic for Corey to kind of get into. This part of the show is called Cruisin' Newsin' with Corey McCusin. What do you, how do you feel about that name, Corey? Nice. <laughs> So this is a part of the show where Corey kind of like talks about news going on in the film world. We only talk about like one or two things, mm-hmm. but um, what do you, I mean, there's two stories that I, I sent you one that I thought you should talk about and it's an update on something that we've been talking about kind of throughout the whole show. Yeah. Um, it's just an update, but there's another uh, piece of news that you went out and found by yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's not incredibly exciting or anything like that, um, but I'll just dive into them here. Okay. Um, why don't fr- you mention, why don't you mention yours first? Okay, sure. Um, like I said, this one's not not confirmed, not really big news or anything like that. But um, recently, there's been 
some articles going around saying that uh, our old pal Ewan McGregor yeah. was interested in doing like a Obi-Wan Kenobi solo film. Yeah. Um, and there were some shots of him kind of in training, sporting a Obi-Wan looking beard, looking very Obi-Wan-esque. Are you serious? I am, yes. Can we, we should post those. On yeah, the show for sure. Us. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll look those up and send them on our website. That man on our is website. so beautiful. Oh, man. <laughs> he's he's a fine piece of man there's something sure. about that dude that is elusive and mysterious and just all-around sexy much like obi-wan kenobi yeah yeah even then like i think obi-wan kenobi is probably the coolest jedi of them all i would say so he's and, my favorite and he's definitely i mean he 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 cops out uh spoiler alert he cops out when he fights Darth vader in the last uh the, well, the last film, but episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the last one made. I mean, we've talked to... I mean, there's nothing that we they could have really done about that because they made episode four before they made the prequels. Yes. I think the best thing about the prequels of the Star Wars universe were actually Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, I don't know. Maybe people disagree, but I think that, that he was the best actor and he did what he could with mm-hmm. the material that the Yes Mans gave to George Lucas, who then yeah. gave to Obi-Wan, who is also known as Ewan McGregor. That's true. Facts. <laughs> facts are facts. But yeah, there's some uh, there's some speculation on that going on, which I would be, I don't know about you, but I would be super excited to see that. Yeah, man. They talked about that before they even talked about doing a Han Solo film. Mm-hmm. I think there was like, when they first like talked about making anthology ser- like anthology films outside of the Skywalker universe, they yeah. actually mentioned three films right off the bat, or maybe four. There was four rumored films. One was the the story of the stolen death star plans and we got that that was rogue one Mm -hmm. uh the next was the han solo story which we're getting unfortunately yeah (laughs) we're getting it soon too and there's no trailer out and we're less than six months out yeah so either they release a piece of crap or they do the right thing and delay it for like another six months or so i've been listening to other podcasts talk about it and um i've heard them kind of mention that uh because i don't have the sources that they have so i can't really speak for you know what's going on there but Mm -hmm. this is just a really bad game of telephone so who knows if i'm even speaking out my ass right now sure but they've said that like there's people on the production said that this movie is just an absolute disaster oh no um i i know after things from things that i've read uh and again, like you never know the full story. They said that Wonder Woman was going to be an absolute trash film, but oh, it was they? actually quite good. Um, <laughs> probably one of the best films that the DC universe has actually put out. But yeah, this film apparently has. They fired the directors. I think three months into the filming. Uh, oh God! Uh, was that Josh Trank? No. So that was. Um, it was the Lord Lord and Miller. They were like director. They they made. Um, I think they made Winter Soldier and the oh, Lego really? Movie. Um, so some like actual good films. Yeah. Um, and I guess for some reason, like, uh, Kazdan, what's his name? George Kazdan. Lawrence Kazdan. Lawrence Kazdan, I guess, wasn't a huge fan of their directing style, which was like very loose and kind of like improv-y. Oh. And so I guess there's ideas that the, the actor playing, um, Aldo Emmerich, Elmerich, I can't pronounce his name, is wasn't good at uh improving so. oh you mean the the car- the guy playing han solo yeah yeah although, they, had, they had to hire, like hire an acting coach for yeah him, there's been which rumors is not a good sign. <laughs> yeah there's rumors about that yeah. um and so you know lord miller they got fired and then they brought on ron howard and ron howard uh basically reshot 80 percent of the film um wow. and so as of right now you know we've got no trailer and 
there has been very little anything shown. Like mm-hmm. there's just nothing been shown. Yeah, and there's that, just been that one picture in the in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. I would not be surprised that they delayed this film. I think they should. And I think if they delayed this film, they'd be in big trouble. I mean, I mean, you can't really go wrong though with Disney because at this point they just own the world. Yeah. So if they did end up like I don't know, if they ended up like losing a bunch of money on this film, I could see a bunch of like Star Wars fans just picketing mm-hmm. the shit out of this film. But then again, like I'm not one of those people because I don't really I can separate my fandom from you know. No, you can't. I'll see you on the picket lines. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we want better movies. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. And then the I guess we should get back to the topic was uh, there was the Bubba Fett film, mm-hmm. which we actually now know was attached. Dr- Josh Trank was attached. Oh, to it was, okay. To that until one. Uh, after he was fired from that project because of the mishaps of the Fantastic Four film that mm. came out recently. The mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. 21st Century Fox puts out these Fantastic Four films uh, basically to hold on to the rights, so they don't lose the copyright or you know whatever on them. Yeah, um, and that's kind of what happened with this Josh Trank film, and the production was an absolute disaster. And it was the same situation as. Um, Actually, this Han Solo film, and that's kind of got me a little bit worried of why we haven't seen anything yet. Yeah. But, um, no, the Josh Trank film, uh, you know, he basically stuck up for himself because I felt on Twitter, and I guess uh, because the studio was essentially throwing him under the bus, 21st Century Fox was basically citing that he trashed his hotel room and blah, 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 and yada, yada, yada. Again, we'll never know the full story, but it would be nice to find out what happened. Oh, um, sure. But, you know, there's probably wants to keep his career to some degree whatever's left unfortunately uh because you know when you take when you basically it's like a david goliath situation and and especially in a movie studio situation i don't think you're ever going to win that so no but i mean that's we've talked about that multiple times of big studios hiring kind of up-and-coming directors and then throwing them under the bus or just giving them crappy projects and then or just giving them rushed projects and then essentially just you know blaming them for the you know the crap film that they get and then they fire them and then hollywood wants nothing to do with them and yeah it's a disaster but you know hopefully it fixes itself someday yeah what do you know yeah you never know and then finally yeah the obi-wan one Mm -hmm. that was the other rumor uh to finally potentially come out and yeah hopefully maybe that happens because uh, it goes it goes like anthology film star wars film anthology film star wars film and so that's basically what's going to happen so hopefully Hopefully that does happen because I personally love Obi Wan. I think oh, he yeah. is the probably the best Jedi. I would say so. I mean, he's a little bit of a dickhead sometimes. In like, I think in Episode Two, I found him the most annoying. Well, yeah. I mean, he was just. He, I mean, he was dealing with a whiny brat, but yeah, and yeah, yeah. And there's nothing. Re- yeah, it's I, I, the can't e- I can't even count those character actions as character actions for Obi Wan. Yeah, because they're just so poorly written. Yeah, but. All right. But anyway. Let's move on to the next thing. Corey. Moving on to something similar. Yeah. But different. Yeah. Uh, this one involving something we've talked about in previous episodes. Uh, one of our favorite directors next upcoming movie. One of our favorite directors next upcoming movie. Um, it's going to star Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah. You should maybe say the director. Nope, I'm leaving you guessing. No, it... <laughs> uh, no, it's going to be Quentin Tarantino's next film. Yeah, uh, which is set during the Manson murders. Yeah, we've been kind of told that it's set during the Manson murder. 
the Manson Murmurs. The Murmurs? Uh, no, it's going to be set kind of with the backdrop of the Manson Murders. Um, as far as we know, like Margot Robbie has been signed on to play Sharon Tate. I don't, I don't know if she's been signed on yet. Oh, well, uh, she's been, she's been, like, she's been approached. Yeah, she's been approached, and we kind of assume that that's basically going to happen. Yeah, Tarantino has already asked uh, Margot Robbie to play the role of Sharon Tate. And as Deadline has reported, um, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt have been circling the project. Well, we've talked about that before, yeah. too. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's super exciting. If you're tuning in for the first time and you haven't weren't there when we were kind of first talked about this, but like this story is kind of revolve around, I guess, like two, um, two like up and coming or like actors mm-hmm. uh, that are kind of like a little bit middle aged. Uh, one is the stuntman and one is like the actual actor for that stunt for or he's the the stuntman for the actor and then the actor himself but yeah it should be interesting and and the actors that are supposed to be confirmed to be playing in these parts are going to be like big name actors so yeah so if leonardo dicaprio is on it's going to be either tom cruise or uh, brad pitt um yeah. and obviously we're going to probably see samuel L. jackson at some point oh in there hopefully it'd be really interesting to see him play an agent like a like a film like a tv agent or mm-hmm. no like a like a I don't know, an like agent. A talent agent? Yeah, like a talent agent. Yeah. And you'd just be swearing the whole time? Yeah. Oh, that'd be so funny. <laughs> but yeah, is that it, Corey? Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it for the uh, the news and cruising with Corey McCusin. Oh, do you like it? The name that I gave you. It's stuck. <laughs> it's stuck with me. Newsin, c- cruising, newsin with Corey McCusin. Cruising, with Corey McNewsin. <laughs> that's not your last name. Well, it is now. <laughs> All right. Legally changing it. Um. Okay. Well... I think that's kind of brought us to the big kind of part of the show where we talk about the film of the week. The film of the week. The film of the week. Oh, yeah. Give me the magic sword. Okay. <laughs> Call back to the first episode. Our best episode. When we could not figure out what the hell the <laughs> theme song for... Um, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Which is now... Well, it's Hobbiton, which is the song. Oh. Or Hobbiton. Which is do 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 do. Uh, nope. <laughs> so bad. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna even try. Um, so <laughs> but uh, no, the film of the week. Yeah, the film of the week this week, Corey. Uh, we chose. We did. So the way this kind of works, uh, before we kind of get started, is is we kind of talk about why we picked it. Um what film it is and obviously you as a listener you probably already know what it is because you've read the title of the show this week mm. the film we chose this week is a little funny little movie called burn after reading is it funny oh man it's hilarious <laughs> i would say this film is about as on point and close to uh what british humor is like it's the american equivalent to what british humor is yeah to some extent it's like a little bit dark but very like flat mm-hmm like here's an example. I was going through customs at the in Gatwick when I was traveling to the UK this summer mm-hmm. or this past summer. And uh, here's some British humor for you: where I walk up to the customs agent, I'm smiling, trying to act natural, even though I'm probably sweating. And uh, I go up to the the man, and he goes, uh, "Are you here for business or pleasure?" And I say, "Pleasure." And he goes, "Oh, what are you doing here?" And I <laughs> and I said, "I'm here to visit my girlfriend's family." And he goes, "Oh dear." And, <laughs> and I say, and I didn't understand him because you know they speak a foreign language. No, I'm just playing. That's right, English. <laughs> um, no, uh, he said, "Oh dear," and I said, "Pardon me," and he says, "Oh dear." 
and then that was it. And then he stamped my card, and I walked away. <laughs> so that if that doesn't give you an idea of what, um, like, the tone of, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that that's a flat line base or that's a baseline for all British humor, but it's very, it's very smart and qu- and not quippy, but very like flat, but well executed. Sure, yeah, yeah. And 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 this film, to I mean, we'll get into it, but this film is quite similar. It's it's silly but serious. Yeah. Kind of. So I guess Corey, I, we should before we kind of start discussing the film, mm-hmm. uh, we picked this film this week. Mm-hmm. We did. Uh, you know, we thought it was a good film to kind of start off the new sound, new revamp the show. Um, because it's one of our favorites. Yes. So I guess maybe, I don't know, why did we pick this film this week other than saying that it was one of our favorites? Well, uh, I'm throwing him into a loop here because I've never actually discussed why we picked this film. I'm in, I'm in a giant loop right now. It's unbelievable. Get out of that loop, Corey. Loop, 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 loop. <laughs> uh, so we, we picked this film because I think obviously we both enjoy it. Uh, but, obviously. But to start off the new year with our new setup and new kind of... Uh, feel of the show, I guess. Uh, we're just going to try and keep it simple. But yeah, uh, the reason that we picked this film is obviously because we both enjoy it. But with the new feel of the show, with the new equipment, uh, we're just going to want to take it easy. You're hang struggling out. right now, aren't you? I am. I'm always struggling. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's pretty simple. I kind of just threw you into that loop because I mm-hmm. felt like it'd be funny and see what you'd do. How and, dare you? And you ended up standing up in between that. So uh, Corey was sitting down. And then I probably edited something out, and then he ended up standing up because mm-hmm. his back started to hurt. So I, I'm an old man. My my back hurts. No time it would have passed for you or any sound would have been heard for that background sound of him getting up and down from a chair. But uh, it was there. I yeah. just removed it. Wow. <laughs> um, so, yeah. No, Corey. That's perfect. Great. Awesome. Thank you. You can sit down now. I can't. <laughs> so, maybe I'll throw you another bone here and ask you... Uh, what the synopsis for the film was so we can kind of give people out there. I mean, people, hopefully you've already seen this film when we're talking about it. We're not, mm-hmm. we're, we're doing full blown spoilers, obviously. Oh, there's going to be so many spoilers in here. It's unbelievable. But nonetheless, it's still, it, it's an amazing film. So if you haven't watched it yet, go out there and watch it. Yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Go ahead. So there's this gentleman in the CIA uh, named Osborne Cox. Osborne Cox. Osborne Cox. And he's getting fired from his job because he's an alcoholic. So he needs something to do. So he writes a memoir, mm-hmm. um, and throughout going to the gym, he loses it at the gym, and then it falls into the hands of Francis McDormand and Brad Pitt's character. Um, it gets mistaken for something very important, yeah. Um, and they try to kind of blackmail him for some money because they need money. Because they need mo- well, they France don't need money. But. Francis McDormand wants to basically like fund a like surgery of liposuction and mm-hmm. breast reduction or implants or she's something. She's looking to reinvent herself. Yeah. She says it quite a bit throughout the whole film. Yeah, cuz she's an she's an aging woman. Yeah. And she works at a gym. So She looks obviously... fine. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. I I'm going to take the same route as one of the other characters in the film basically saying she looks fine. But again, like you are your own judge. You're the one looking in the mirror most of the time anyway. Mm-hmm. So to each their mm-hmm. own. Yeah, and then throughout uh, them getting this information, thinking they have something kind of really substantial, um, silliness ensues. <laughs> and silliness does ensue. Uh, yeah, a, um, lot, a lot of misconceptions and... Just a lot of, like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> just a lot of shit goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, where can we start with this exactly? Let's start... Okay, let's start at the beginning. 
Uh, or let's start with like the main thing here. I've got it all kind of written down. Okay. But let's start with kind of like the feel of the film. Sure. Um, so, Corey, I remember when we were sitting down and watching this film the other day, we were talking about how the film kind of uh, feeds off of the vibe of like conspiracy thriller sure. of those spy films. Some of all fears. Yeah. And stuff like that. It's got like this like everyday man or everyday group of people kind of getting involved like with this, you know, international conspiracy vibe. And it's mm-hmm. got the music to go along with it. Yeah, it does. However, in no way, shape or form does it actually like it, it's almost like someone like took the soundtrack and uh like sets from all of these things that happen in these sort of films mm-hmm. and then put actors in the chairs and then told them to and said hey this is who you are yeah and they were like okay and then they turned the camera on and then they basically assumed the roles of these characters and how they may interact in a sort of situation mm-hmm. and it was I don't know. It, it It's really interesting. And I think music is quite important with this film and how it kind of misleads you into thinking that certain things are going to actually happen mm-hmm. the way you think they're going to happen based on the genre that it's kind of placing itself in or misplacing itself in, you could mm-hmm. say. Or uh, satirizing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even really call this a satire, mainly because of the fact that I think I think it really actually is a conspiracy thriller but just a comedy, a dark comedy conspiracy thriller. Because there is conspiracy going on. I mean, there's adultery, you know, and that's the main yeah, thing of the so. show, like, is adultery. Everybody's cheating on each other. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I think it fits within the genre. I, don't, I wouldn't say that it is a satire in any sort of degree um, because it has all the elements of that sort of genre, um, this conspiracy thriller. Yeah, but, I mean, it's they're all it's all being made fun of because nobody actually knows what's going on and, like... Nothing is actually, but really I think going that that's just that the sense. comedy aspect of it. I yeah. mean, I mean, I might be arguing against myself here because I didn't like the film It, which is basically, I mean, kind of the same thing to some degree. Like it is basically but, but a comedic horror film. I don't think it was intentionally comedic, though. Yeah. What whereas, this film or no It? Oh, It. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this one is like it's obviously a comedy mm-hmm, based mm-hmm. on kind of political thrillers. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I kind of want to start with characters a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Coen brothers are kind of really great at characterization, and they don't always nail down a complete arc for a character, and you don't have to, but most of the time they do. Um, And if it's not a complete arc, there's still something there where you're kind of going to be like, okay, well, I know what's going to happen to this character Mm -hmm. um, based solely on how the film's kind of gone. But in this film, we kind of get a complete story for almost all of the characters. And it's interesting um, because a lot of them meet their end um, (laughs) in very interesting ways. (laughs) I would say, though, that the best character in this film is actually John Malkovich's character, Mm -hmm. who plays Osborne Cox. And I would say that mainly because he plays the man that is essentially just like he's a failure. Mm -hmm. He plays the fool. Like, the Shakespearean fool. I guess we can kind of go from that. But he plays the Shakespearean fool who's kind of, like, ousted from society, and everyone wants nothing to do with him. His wife wants to leave him, and he's Mm -hmm. absolutely just completely caught off guard, basically ostracized or disregarded to some extent, and he has really no place to go other than wander. Um, And it reminds me a lot of, uh, it reminds me a lot of, like, uh, the Shakespearean character, the Shakespearean fool character from uh, William Shakespeare's uh, The Twelfth Night. Uh, where he is 
kind of the more intelligent character and mm-hmm. has the best perspective, but yet no one listens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, like, th- no one listens because they think he's a bit of an idiot. Mm. Um, but the whole time he's just telling everyone else he's an idiot. So granted, like no one's obviously going to listen to that, but, um, I find him the most relatable, uh, to not only society as a whole, if they were ever, if like somebody was actually placed into this film, they would probably be saying the exact same things in regards to the events that are kind of occurring throughout the film. Oh, sure. Um, and I, I think that he is completely warranted for all of his actions to some degree, except for the murder. Um, I'm not <laughs> warranting murder, but his level of like sanity kind of dropping mm-hmm. um, to this, like this essence where he actually commits a murder yeah. is completely warranted. It, it's almost like he, he hasn't actually said, everyone is fools in this film. And I find that actually quite interesting that he never actually said everyone else are fools except for me. Mm-hmm. But he evokes that in every single essence and he drowns himself in a drink and he plays the very much the old lost sailor type of trope where he sits on his boat and, and you know, meanders about the idea of possibly like becoming this you know world traveler i guess in a sense or has this essence and like everyone around him is just just screwing that up for him yeah well i mean in in almost every conversation he has with another character in this movie he says they're a moron or they're way over their head or you don't know what you're doing he goes and and um i'm probably gonna bleep this out but he goes what the are you doing like he constantly He's always he's John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. He is John Malkovich. He's, he's baffled by other people's stupidity. He, he's John Malkovich being John Malkovich. Mm. Do you see what I did there? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, no, his character I think is probably one of the best characters and most relatable in this film, even though it is a Coen Brothers film and you're not gonna get very many relatable characters because they're all absolute batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. Um and then the best character of the film, and I would say, if anything, is the most um like it is his best role. And I'm very surprised that not only this film didn't receive any sort of real notoriety in the film world or mm-hmm. Hollywood or anything like that, um, aside from, I think, a Golden Globe nomination or something like that for something that wasn't really completely warranted yeah. or it was just like a checkmark box kind of situation. Brad Pitt's character, man, in this oh, film is an Chad. absolute gem. Yeah. He plays what, Corey? Why don't, you, why don't you give us a little bit of Chad? Why don't you hone into Chad for us a little bit here? Why, why so uptight? Osborne Cox. <laughs> I'm just, I'm a, I'm simply a good Samaritan with your shit. Uh, I have, I have your sense. I, I have your sensitive shit. Uh, Who the f*** is this? Is this Osborne Cox? Yes! <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the <laughs> probably the funniest character in the show, by far. Yeah. He's the- he's absolutely amazing, and what makes him amazing is is he doesn't play the typical Brad Pitt character. No. He plays... I mean, he is one of the fools of the many fools in this film, mm-hmm. but he plays the ultimate fool. Yeah, he, he reminds me of something that, like, James Franco might play in a, in a Judd Apatow film or yeah, something like that. Yeah, like, he, he reminds me a little bit of, like, he has the same sort of characterization as... Um, James Franco's character from Pineapple Express. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To some degree, he's got like this essence of like a complete flamboyancy and great outlook on life. Yeah, and super positive, but yet completely socially inept. Mm-hmm. He- just totally head in the clouds, and and has no real understanding or uh, realistic nature of like how the world works. 
and it's just absolutely it's just like a marvel to watch man because like this because like brad pitt to me um aside from like a couple of films like fight club this film and um maybe oh oh and uh quentin tarantino's film inglorious bastards Bastards, i think that a lot of his other films are very just like pandering to brad pitt being brad pitt sure um brad pitt is he was he was in that Twelve Monkeys movie with Bruce Willis, and he was kind of a weirdo there. Yeah, but I feel like that was just right around the time where he was kind of starting to hit his huge popularity time, where they were just kind of like act crazy. But it, I never really liked that film, so you, you can never come at me with that film uh, and think I'm going to give you a positive background. Well, I'm going to come at you with so, it. So I I did want to mention how much I absolutely hate everyone in this movie. But I hate everyone to a lovely level. I just don't like anybody in this movie because of the fact that they're just so like again, they're more they're less of an extreme version of Brad Pitt's socially inept demeanor, but they're just all completely just idiots. Yeah. And they and the and the decisions they make are just completely and utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Um And yeah, I guess that comes down to the fact that I think that you know, John Malkovich is the real only sane person in this movie, and he has to drink to basically get from the beginning and the end of this film. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of put my notes here that this film, the uh, the characters in this film act like cartoon characters or a live-action Pixar adult film. Mm-hmm. Does that make a little bit of sense for you? Yep. Yeah, it's just it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into cinematography here. Um the cinematography of this film, uh, I wrote in my notes, uh, the cinematography makes everyone feel awakened, like the script makes everyone feel awkward. Um, and I think what I meant by that when I was writing it down, mm-hmm. uh, that the cinematography of this film really hones in on the characters themselves and really wants to focus. Have you like The camera is trying to make you take everyone in a room and really kind of project what you are feeling about them based on the genre that this film is kind of like masking itself to be or putting itself into a box. And then the script kind of like flips it on its head and has them say stupid shit that you're not actually expecting them to do or say. Hmm. Um, Or say and then eventually do, I guess I should say. So, I mean, not really, no real specific shots in this film that I was completely and utterly, like, taken aback by, but there are shots that are really shocking, and that's what Coen Brothers are really good at. Are, are They're very good at, like, you know, taking you off guard by something that you think might not happen, because the, the I guess I should just preface, the cinematography in Coen Brothers films, they really play well together um with their scripts Mm -hmm. there's a lot of shots that i absolutely love because they you're kind of because of the genre that it's sitting in you're kind of like oh that's obviously not going to happen and then it does happen yeah and they show a really long shot of it actually happening and you're just kind of like this is really awkward but i find it absolutely hilarious Mm -hmm. like for instance um there's there's a shot of of Brad Pitt's character um, kind of walking past the house and really kind of like, you know, like he's he's pretending like he's not actually paying attention to Osborne's Cox's house, where, which he's going to about to break into, but he mm-hmm. is. Um, and then he notices somebody watching him potentially about to break into this house. And then he like walks over beside a wall and it's just a still shot. And mm-hmm. then he just walks over to the wall 
and you think that you know he's going to do something, but you don't expect what he's going to do. He's going to actually do it and, and and actually succeed. Yeah. And then he does it, and uh, so he jumps the wall, but it's a real long shot of him climbing <laughs> over that wall, and it's yeah. really awkward. Uh, and I guess that kind of plays in with the script as well, because the script is really awkward. Um, oh, for sure. And um, so I guess they kind of play really well and well together to that degree. But there's a lot of sound that is like kind of taken away from shots as well. Yeah. Like uh, there's a shot where Francis McDormand's character sitting in a room and um, Robert Jenkins' character, who's absolutely infatuated with uh, Francis's character. Um, because, and, and she keeps going online and trying to find uh, like this man of her dreams. And then at Mm -hmm. the same time to revamp herself. And, uh, Robert Jenkins character is just basically subtly saying that he's in love with her and he's been in love with her for years. And he's like the boss of their, uh, hard bodies, which Mm -hmm. is like the name of the, um, which is the name of the, uh, the workout place that Francis McDormand, Brad Pitt and Robert Jenkins work at. Um, Robert Jenkins is the boss and he's absolutely in love with his employees, but he's a very by the number guy. You know, he's, he's the guy, he's, he's the man waiting in the wings. Like Mm -hmm. he's the guy that thinks he's great. Uh, but you know, he wants people to find him and not, you know, he's just a miserable dude. um, Yeah. To some degree. Uh, and he's wa- and in this shot, uh, Francis McDormand is kind of like he his uh, her office is like directly in front of Robert Jenkins' office uh, is, and he just sits there and watches her get frustrated in an office, and he know and you know because of the shot and how it's how it's kind of working that mm-hmm. you know the emotions of Robert Jenkins' character in this scene, and they don't even need to say anything, and he's watching her struggle through this whole like crap that she's going through kind of as we're talking about shots kind of things that pop up for me um any of the shots where you go down into the basement of george clooney's house and you see his contraption that he's yeah. making, i always find those uh <laughs> just really funny well, um yeah go ahead. well those kind of fit in with the whole the vibe of i mean you could continue on from here from what i'm about to say but those kind of fit in with the whole vibe of it trying to fit itself within a uh like like a like a mystery thriller mm-hmm. genre conspiracy yeah. thriller genre where there's this whole mystery behind you know what's going on in the basement of George Clooney's house yeah and kind of as you go throughout the movie he's he's very suspicious of people watching him so you almost think like that's something he's hiding from someone or like yeah like something the, a lot bigger than it is well there's this whole is it CIA or FBI is the uh, FBI that or, are, it's, it's there's this it's F- CIA, it's FBI, and then there's um like personal lawyers, yeah, from Tuckman there, Mars, yeah. There's this like there's all these like other elements of there's this level. I mean, we can get into paranoia of the film. There's like this level of par- I, guess, I guess that would work here. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this level of paranoia that you find in these conspiracy thriller films. Um, and this film takes it up to about a ten, and really kind of messes with that whole trope of that sort of genre. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's you get this level of paranoia with the with the characters, especially George Clooney, mm-hmm. of people watching him, and yeah. you don't actually know because George Clooney is such an unreliable narrator because he's a liar. Everyone in this film are liars, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and George Clooney is the epitome of the, all the liars. He he never really has a clear characterization or a backstory as to who he is and what he did prior to whatever he's doing in his basement. There's a level of mystery there, and then there's a lot of people outside of his house that you're just kind of like, okay, does that somehow play with each other? Mm-hmm. And then you're and then and and he acts and reacts a lot to these people watching him, uh, you know, follow him around and things like that, and. Uh, 
I don't know. I mean, that even that even plays into his his uh, quote unquote kind of allergic reactions to food. Yeah, like he's, he's just like suspicious about everything, and he's, yeah, he's kind of worried all the time. He thinks that everyone is out to get him and yeah. things like that, but. In reality, it's just very simplistic. Like his wife just wants to divorce him, and she needs to serve his papers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, but you think that like the people outside his house watching him aren't like lawyers or anything. You think that they're FBI agents. Mm-hmm. But then again, you can never really un- like trust the 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 protagonist or the the a lot of there's a lot of like unreliable narrators, and there's no narrators in this film. But there's a lot of unreliable protagonist views mm-hmm. in this film where you follow a character, especially in Coen Brothers films, where you follow a character. Um, and you think things are going to play out the way they are because they're being set up that way. And then you're completely taken off guard by the fact that it's it's something completely different. Yeah. Um, and in, and what we find in George Clooney's basement is the sex chair that yes. he's been building. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you think that it's going to be something like top secret because he's got it gated up. He's chained up into his basement. He's mm-hmm. he's got his own workshop down there, and won't every... even let his wife see it. Oh yeah, he won't let his wife see it. Yeah, uh, and it just turns out he's just a sex maniac, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and he's worried about other people like finding out about his weird obsessions. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he says that he saw it in a catalog, a sex catalog, mm-hmm. uh, and then he said. Screw it! I can make it myself for less than ninety dollars. He said. I think altogether parts were a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he said in the catalog it was like two hundred and fifty or... bucks or something like that. But it yeah. just goes to show what the characterization of these characters are, man. Like they're just so nutty and crazy. And yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 the level of paranoia in this film is just off the freaking chain. Mm-hmm. I did want to kind of talk about the. This is going to fit into the tropes a little bit of mm. the hopeful lives kind of situation where everyone... It, it's almost like this film is the sequel to uh, like a film where everything great happens at the end and everyone falls in love with the people that they fall in love with. And then 25 years later, they've been married another 50 and they're just sad and lonely the reverse story yeah it's like the reverse story and i don't know it fits in with these whole tropes and it's it's like the divorced people people Mm -hmm. are getting divorced throughout this whole film people are being served papers being kicked out of their homes with people and everyone's cheating on each other like i mean we've mentioned that a thousand times but it's just it's unbelievable hit it right on the head there (laughs) b mcgee uh these these characters go from kind of you know the lives that they've had for what seems like a while Except for maybe Frances McDormand's character, because she finally, she does succeed with her Oh yeah, uh, her she's operations the only, and all that. Yeah, she's the only one that actually makes it out in the end of this film where she mm-hmm. gets what she wants. And it it's really funny, this film just ends very abruptly with John Malkovich and Robert Jenkins running out into the street, and then uh, John Malkovich beats him over the head with like a stapler or something? It's uh, like a little hand axe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just... And you see him like cut into his skull. Oh, it's and then, brutal. And then, he, and then it cuts out. And then basically we come to understand what's going on with this story. Via debrief. Yeah, <laughs> via, yeah via debrief from like the CIA. Yeah. Um, and they basically wrap up the story for you because... And J.K. JK Simmons is in this film and he plays kind of like the head um, guy of like this department within the CIA and he's like basically trying to catch up on this department that is following these cast of characters um, that are going through all these crazy things because of Osborne Cox's, you know, I don't know, like his information gets leaked through his memoirs or something, and then they give, and then they try to give it. I don't know. Does that? 
Yeah, I mean, he writes his memoir and it gets lost. Yeah. So they think that it's valuable. Yeah. But really, it's just the ramblings of, you know, some retired CIA guy. Yeah, but then the CIA think it's like, think it's like them trying to like release some information and so they kind of like follow him around Mm -hmm. and stuff like that follow osborne cox around and then so that's part of the level of paranoia that happens this film too is like the cia are actually following around osborne cox um and following his house well not following the house around but you know that would be a boring assignment they basically like end the film and jk simmons plays this like high up agent who is being debriefed by the lower agent saying like hey you know this all this crazy stuff happens and jk simmons almost plays like the same he plays the character of the audience member almost yeah where he's just like so sorry what's going on (laughs) and 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 that's how you kind of feel with this film and it's kind of nice that you're not alone it's like a recognition almost that Mm -hmm. you're not by yourself for sure the last thing i want to kind of mention about this film before we kind of wrap up here is the brad pitt's death Mm -hmm. scene in this film now, Brad Pitt is, like, a big actor um, yes. in Hollywood, and I have rarely ever seen him actually get killed in any sort of film. Um, he doesn't really die in Fight Club because, technically, spoiler alert, he's not actually real. Mm-hmm. Um, however, like, the character that he's playing, you would never really su- expect him to get put into a situation where he'd get shot in the head. Uh but when I watched this film for the first time, I definitely was taken aback and I had to actually stop the film and then rewind to actually go, did that really just happen? Did he actually just get shot in the head by George mm-hmm. Clooney? Yeah, it's it's quite surprising because uh, obviously he's kind of top build on the cast. Yeah. And he... Well, he's just top... Everybody in this film is pretty big. Yeah, for sure. To some degree. And, and you wouldn't expect, some, like you say, someone like Brad Pitt to die at least that soon in a movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, and especially because he is one of the best characters, you kind of think, oh, this, you know, this guy's going to have something fun to do at the end exactly. or something. But uh, but no, they they sweep the, the rug from under our legs and take him away from us. Yeah. And I think it was kind of a cool, because it's something you don't expect. It was kind of a cool. It, <laughs> it was a real cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know how to say other than the fact that like this film just aims to shock people. Mm-hmm. Um, and its ability to do that is purely in its concealment of making you think that it is something that it isn't. Yeah. Uh, like this serious film with absolutely no real seriousness to it. I think that you could really just sum it up by saying that yeah (laughs) where things just happen because of the world and how it works and people are crazy within it all right well i think that comes to the end of our discussion of the film burn after reading wouldn't you say Corey? i think so yeah it's a great film and if we didn't do it justice we are sorry Mm -hmm. um it's it's a great film but honestly just go out and watch it because it's I don't know. It's sometimes difficult to like kind of look at a film that you're just so fond of to be able to kind of look at it critically. Yeah. I will say that more recently I've had an issue. I guess I'll kind of be a little bit critical about the directors, but more recently I've had an issue with the Coen brothers and them not actually producing anything that's actually that great. I don't think I've seen their last two films. Um, the last film was like Hail Caesar, and I thought yeah. that that was a good film, but not well executed. Mm. I think the script was probably good, but it was over. It was really confusing. I don't know if you've ever seen Inherent Vice. That was P.T. Anderson's film based on the uh, book of the same name by Thomas Pynchon about, you know, conspiracy and s- stuff 
quite similar to this. I has, started watching it, but gave up. It's real a good quick. film. It's a great film, but it's just it. It's very similar to the conspiracy vibes that a lot of you know Coen Brothers films actually act on too. Mm. Um, however, Hail Caesar, yeah, it just falls flat, and it's just very you're quite confused. And I watched it with somebody, and I was almost like laughing to try and get them to laugh mm. because I was seeing things that they weren't seeing, and it was just real awkward. But <laughs> I don't know. I think that. Uh, Burn After Reading was probably one of their last good films. Um, they're working on a TV show right now, actually. Um, oh, yeah? Which I, one? It's like a Western. There's no name for it yet. Oh. Um, but, you know, quite interesting nonetheless. So mm-hmm. I guess that's my real critical critique on the film, if we're going to get deep on it. But I don't know. I, I don't think this film is really that bad at all to kind of look at it with a huge... Or the director. I mean, the director is, you know, they're, they're swinging a miss, guys. But they've been yeah. in Hollywood and they're not going anywhere, so... Um, but next week we will be back to the normal kind of like format of the show uh, with our guest, which I think is kind of our thing. I, mm-hmm. It's weird. We asked for some alone time from people, and now that we've got it, we don't know what to do with our hands. Corey's waving his hands up in the air. Mm. Um, okay. Well, let's move into the next segment of the show, which is called – how would you recommend it, Corey? We're going to make it quick just because um, – you know, we've kind of just said how many times we've recommended or why we'd recommend it. Yeah, just watch it. J- yeah, just watch it. I- I'd <laughs> recommend it to anyone. Yeah, it's a really great film. I think, I think be okay with the fact that if people don't understand it or get it or think it's funny at all, it's just it's you're not on. They're not on the same level as funniness as you, mm-hmm. or they're just not as cool. But if the, still remain friends with them or whatever with them, if 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 they don't think it's as funny, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, same reason why I had issue with the fact that my girlfriend doesn't like Will Ferrell. And I have to understand that some people just don't like Will Ferrell. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, and that's a build. That's that's a bit of a deal breaker for me sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, that's good. Um, we're going to skip the uh, what does your mom think this week because we have no moms to call or have anybody to think about it. But maybe we could just ask Corey, if your mom saw this film, what would she think maybe? You know, I'm pretty sure my mom has seen this film, and I'm pretty sure what she likes it. What did she think, it. Corey? I think she th- thinks it's quite hilarious. Yeah? Yeah, she's a big uh, Coen Brothers fan, mm-hmm. as am I. Um, I believe, oh, maybe she hasn't seen it. I don't know. I don't know anything. Would she like it, though? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, that's good. Maybe I'll watch it with her soon. Oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a copy of it at home, so. Yep. Hey, Corey, why don't you ask me what I think? Hey, if my mom would. Hey, Brendan. Yeah. You know your mom? Yeah. You know this film? Yeah. What would she think about this film? Uh, I think she'd think it's funny. Yeah. Um, but I think she would think it's funny because she'd try to be a little bit nice to me about it. <laughs> mm. So she wouldn't actually find it funny. I don't know if she would necessarily understand the funniness behind it, but she'd know that I'd probably be enjoying it. So that's kind of okay. Kind of the that's more nice important mom. piece. Yeah. Well, she's a good mom. I like her. Yeah. You've got a good mom too. So. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Don't. No we got great moms. I like our moms. Yeah. They're great. They're. They're pretty great people. Anyways, <laughs> that comes the end of the show this week. How do you think we did? Uh, I always think we do amazing. Yeah. Well, we're, we're always getting better as we go. You're not the one that's sitting in the editing room listening to us jabber on, but more that's or less right. me jabbering on for hours on end. That's right. Especially today. I'm so hungry. Oh, my God. But uh, with that, where can they find uh, me aside from standing or sitting across? You're standing right now. Yeah. So still, where where can they find where can they find me? They can find you on the old Twitter on the Twitter lead eats 
at Brendan underscore McGee. That is B-R-E-A-N-D-A-N underscore M-C-G-H-E-E. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Uh, I don't know if I've ever actually explained why I've said that. I've meant, I've hinted at why I say thanks, Mom and Dad. It's more of like a passive-aggressive thank you because mm. they ended up spelling my name in Gaelic, <laughs> ah. which is the Irish language That's fancy. Uh, of Ireland. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess I should preface that. But mm-hmm. hey, Corey. Yeah. Where can they find you, buddy? They can also find me on the Twiddly D at Corey McEwen one <laughs> because you're number one, boy. Number one. Yeah, man. Um, and we also have an Instagram page, so you can oh, follow yes. us there. At uh, it's just the real rant. Uh, no spaces, no nothing. All lowercase. You can send us an email at therealrantpodcast at gmail dot com. Send us something nice, mean, or in between. It's all juicy, just the same, boys and girls. How, what are you making that face for? That's that's just the face I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, and you can like us on our Facebook page. You can follow the Real Rant Pod as well on Twitter at mm. the Real Rant Pod. Um, yeah, give us a follow. Tell us what you think about the film, uh, the Burn After Reading, or really any other film that we have really discussed on this show. It would be great if you could listen to those because yeah. uh, um, we're realizing that people are actually taking. I mean, I kind of started picking up on this, but people are actually starting to really actually uh, take notice of us a little bit. Oh, yeah. We're starting to become professionals at really becoming professionals. Oh. Yeah. Nice. And reaching out to professionals that are actually way more professional than us. Uh-huh. Um, which is a good thing. Oh, yeah. Because then we just become more professional in the end. Corey? Yep. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything I'm missing before I kind of end the show here? Or Go to our website. <sighs> you can also subscribe to us on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Pocket Casts. Just go to our website. Type in therealrant.com, and you can go to the bottom of the page, and all the links are there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty great website. Check it out. Yeah, I made it myself. Well, I didn't really. Nope. Well, I mean, I did, but I needed Squarespace's help. So, oh. yeah, and that worked out pretty well. So, um, but yeah, Corey, is there anything you want to say before we uh, kind of clock out here? Uh, say goodnight and go get some food because we're real hungry. Oh my god, I don't know so if you can hungry. Tell. I mean, I, I want to just say a big thank you to Ranger, the great protector of the podcast, for uh, keeping us safe, keeping us safe, and making sure that we, you know, um, don't get attacked by some sort of pirate. That might or happen. maybe wild nutcrackers. Yeah, wild nutcrackers or something like that. So. Yeah, why why wild nutcracker? Oh, there's a nutcracker. I'm staring at a nutcracker. In our studio or quote-unquote uh, living room, there is a nutcracker that should have been put away because it is not Christmas time anymore. But hey, screw it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it for the show this week. Yeah. Do you want to say anything, Corey? Chumbawamba. Absolutely, buddy. Uh, don't forget, Snatch next week. Shorter episode, but nonetheless, we still love you, Rantineers, so we will see you then next week. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.